Hey friends, we are continuing this morning in our Advent series called Just a Kid from Where. We're looking at who Jesus really is, right? Because you might know something about the Christmas story, uh, whether it's from a movie or driving by a nativity scene. In fact, uh, if you drive around Talmadge Circle right now, you can pass a real big nativity scene. And it shows you, you know, Mary and Joseph kind of huddled over a manger and there's wise men and shepherds and all kinds of animals. And, and it's kind of this cute scene, but uh, you might be wondering, what's the big deal? Like, why to go to all this trouble uh, for an event about the birth of a baby? Right? Who really is Jesus? And see, this is the question that John is inviting us to ask in his gospel. You see, John was a close personal friend of Jesus. He spent a lot of time with Jesus. And so uh, when the time comes for him to write his narrative of Jesus, it's been about a generation. A whole generation has passed since Jesus was on earth, and already he's hearing questions and controversies about Jesus. He's hearing people ask, who is Jesus? What was he really all about? Just like if you were to ask at your next family gathering, like, hey, who do you think Jesus is? You'd get a lot of different answers. You get some people who believe he's God. You get other people who think he's sort of a mystical healer or maybe even a con man. There's a lot of opinions about Jesus. And so when John writes this, he writes this to set the record straight, to tell us who Jesus is. In fact, at the end of his letter in John chapter 20, he tells us exactly what he wants you to understand. In John chapter 20, he says, I have written these things so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you might have life in his name. He's saying if you understand who Jesus is, if you believe in who Jesus is, it will change your life. And so it's really important for John that we understand who Jesus is, that this kid in the manger is not just a kid from Bethlehem. In fact, he is God coming to us. And so that's why in John's story, he skips the nativity entirely. He, he doesn't talk about shepherds or stars or wise men. Instead, he, he goes to the very beginning. And so as we are walking through this series together, we're looking at the first chapter of John. And we're, we're trying to understand who Jesus really is. Because, you know, John is making an argument to us. He is helping us understand who Jesus is through our questions. Right, what John is essentially saying in, in that verse at the end of his uh, story, in the end of his gospel, is that I expect that you have questions. I expect that you might not have everything figured out. And so if you are listening to this and you think that the Bible is just for people who have all the answers, in fact, John is saying, I understand you have questions. Now let me help you find the answers to your questions in Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. This morning we're going to be looking at John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. So if you have a Bible close by or, or on your phone, why don't you pull it up with me? We're going to be in John chapter 10, or sorry, John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. This is what it says. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is God's word for us this morning. Now, as you can imagine, it's Christmas, right? We've got decorations behind me. Uh, there are shopping sprees and, uh, and lights and decorations everywhere. Uh, but one of the things that tells me that it's Christmas is that when I turn on Netflix, uh, there's just a host of cheesy Christmas movies. 
And, uh, and I'll be honest, they're there because my wife and I have watched a host of cheesy Christmas movies. So Netflix now thinks that this is what I want to see. But as I've watched those, and maybe you watch those too, uh, no judgment if you do, I'm in the same boat. But if you watch those, there's a couple of common themes in every Christmas movie. Uh, for example, if there is an old man with a white beard in town, he is Santa. It doesn't matter if he knows it, it doesn't matter if the town knows it, at some point you're going to realize he knows everything that's going on. Uh, the other thing I've learned is that in every Christmas movie, all the problems are solved on December 24th as soon as it snows. Once it snows on Christmas Eve, everything is fixed. But one of the themes that's most common through a lot of these stories, a lot of these movies, is this idea of coming home. That when you come home, no matter how long it's been, no matter uh, how long it's been since you talked to your parents or your family, no matter how difficult those relationships have been, when you come home, you have a place to belong. A lot of times this is pictured as like a seat at the family table, that, that no matter who, uh, who you've been this year, how long you've been away, you have a seat at the table. And I think we love these stories because they, they, they give us this warm feeling that there's a place for us to belong. Because this is what we all long for. We all want to know that there is a place where we belong, where we are loved and accepted, where we, we are invited in and embraced. And let's be honest, your family might not be that place. Your family can be hard and there might be uh, some difficult things there. And even this past year, uh, this, this holiday season is going to be difficult where we're not going to be able to gather around that table like that. But we have in our hearts this longing to belong, to know that we are welcomed and embraced. And in fact, it's no accident that we feel that. In fact, God wired us with that feeling. He created us uh, to need one another, to need even family. And what John tells us when he is talking about who Jesus is, is he uses this family language. In fact, he talks about Jesus being God's son. And when, when Jesus talked about God, he referred to God as his father. That family picture is woven into uh, the very heart of who God is. And so John tells us it's important that you believe that Jesus is God's son. And maybe you've heard people uh, refer to Jesus in that way, that Jesus is God's son. And you might wonder, what does that actually mean? What does it mean that Jesus is God's son? You know, some religions will teach that that means that Jesus was the first thing that God created. That at the very beginning, before God created the world, he created Jesus. And so Jesus is his son in that way. But if you read John's letter, he's pretty clear that Jesus was with God at the beginning. That he wasn't created by God, that he's always been there. That he was God in the beginning. So that can't be it. Other religions will teach that Jesus was like this perfect human, so perfect, in fact, that, that God decided to adopt him as his son. But the same problem is that John said Jesus has been there since the very beginning. And so what does it mean that Jesus is God's son? And why is this so important that John says, I want you to believe this, I need you to believe this? See, there's really, of a lot of things, there's two things that the Bible uses to describe what it means that Jesus is God's son. The first is his nature. His nature, that Jesus is in his nature God. And it's kind of like this. If you were to spend time with me and, and watch me and listen to me and, and see kind of the weird things that I do, my quirks, and then you spend time with my dad, you would see that we have a lot in common, that, that we talk similarly or we have similar mannerisms. You see, that's because I come from him. I got my life from him. Right? We have the same nature. And in a perfect way, this is what Jesus does, is that Jesus perfectly represents who God is. In fact, everything that God is, is in Jesus. 
So Jesus is not something other than God. He is God. In fact, in Colossians, it would tell us that in Jesus, all of the fullness of God dwells. Right? So Jesus is God's Son, and that he, he's the same nature as God the Father. But it's also his position. So it's his nature, and it's his position. And, and kind of the picture of this is that uh, Jesus is the Son, is the one that God the Father loves most dearly. Uh, it, the Bible will sometimes uses language of firstborn son. Right? And if you know anything about how family dynamics work sometimes, the firstborn son is the one charged with taking care of the family and the one who usually gets the inheritance. Right? So the Bible, when it talks about Jesus as God's son, that's what it's saying is that Jesus is this one that God loves most dearly. That he is in this position of honor. It's like if God had a family table right, and everyone was invited to dinner, Jesus would be in the seat of honor. He would be in the best seat, the seat where everyone knew, oh, that's Jesus, that's the one that this party is being thrown for. Right? So that's what it means that Jesus is God's son. But, but what difference does that make? Right? Why is it so important for us to understand that? Why is it so important that John would say, I want you to believe that Jesus is God's son? You see, the language of family, John uses it here. And he says, through Jesus, this son of God, we can become family, that, that through Jesus we are invited into God's family. You see, it says this, he says, to all who receive him, to all who believe that this is Jesus, they have the right to become children of God. That through Jesus, we can become part of God's family. Now, how does that happen? And what does Jesus have to do with that? You know, in Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is describing this. He's talking about who Jesus is and, and why it matters that he is God's Son. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. He says, In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the Beloved. You see, what he's saying is Jesus is God's Son. He is the one that God loves, the one that God, uh, he calls him this beloved one that God loves. And yet what he's saying is that through Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. You see, the Bible uses this picture of adoption uh, really throughout the whole of the Bible to, to talk about what God does when he welcomes us into his family. And that picture of adoption tells us two things. It tells us something about us and it tells us something about God. First, what it tells us about us. You see, if we are adopted, that means that we are orphans. And we don't have a family. In fact, this is what John talks about when he says that we did not know Jesus. We don't know God. It's like we have wandered away from the God that we were created for. And so we are looking for that place to belong. We're looking for that family, and yet we can't find it anywhere. And so we're orphans. We don't have anything to our name. What it tells us about God is this, you know, parents that decide to adopt a child, right? That adoption happens not because the child says so, not because the child has any right in that scenario. An adoption happens purely because that parent loves that child. See, that child doesn't owe the parent anything, right? The parent is looking at that child, looking at who they are and their condition, and that parent is deciding, is choosing to love that child so much that it would bring, that they would bring that child into the family. Right? Adoption happens because of the love of the parent. 
You see, and this is what John says about God. When he says we are welcomed into God's family, he says we become children of God, not because we're good. He says not because we decided, not because we worked for it, not because of our will. He says this happens because of God's love for Jesus. Because God loves Jesus, we are invited into God's family. See, I want to use that picture of the family table again. That at God's family table, Jesus holds this seat of honor. But what this picture of adoption tells us is this, is that, is that God sends Jesus to us. He sends Jesus to leave the family table, the place of honor of the family table, to come to us as orphans, to meet us in our wandering, to meet us in our, our loneliness and our isolation, and to invite us to join God at his family table. But here's the thing. When we're invited to God's table through Jesus, we aren't invited to the kids' card table in the other room. We're not invited to kind of the folding chair at the end of the row. No, the Bible tells us that Jesus actually shares his seat with us. That we are invited with Jesus into this position of honor. This is what Paul is talking about when he says that through Jesus we are adopted into this inheritance. You see, the reason why we can belong at God's table and the reason why uh, we have that seat of honor is because Jesus chooses to share that with us. And so when you trust Jesus, when you believe in Jesus, this is what happens, is that God adopts you into his family, not because you are good enough or smart enough or wise enough because you have something going for you. You are adopted into God's family because Jesus has picked you up and brought you into God's family. You see, John says that this happens. The way that you become a child of God is by receiving him, or he says, believing in him. You see, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God coming to you, the Son of God who who offered a seat at the table by, by giving up his seat at the table and inviting you to sit there, if you believe that this is who Jesus is and you trust him, John is saying, you're a child of God. You are welcomed into God's family. That you have belonging. That you are welcome here, not because you're good or you clean yourself up or anything like that. You are welcome here because of God's love for Jesus. See, when Jesus comes to us at Christmas, what he is doing is he is bringing this invitation to God's family. And if you receive that invitation, you are welcomed into that seat of honor with Jesus. Now, here's what this means, though. Here's why this matters. You know, if, if we are adopted into God's family, right, you might wonder sometimes, like, what did I do to deserve this? Right, or, or, or what if I don't quite fit in here? What if I, I can't measure up? Or what if I'm not good enough? You might have doubts and questions about how could God love me because of all this stuff in my past? You might have these questions that, that might cause you to feel shame or feel like, man, God would never listen to me. God would never love me. But what this verse is telling us is this, is that you are a child of God because of God's love for his son, Jesus. You see, our position at God's table, our invitation to join him there, is never based on us. It's always based on Jesus. That Jesus alone is the one who can share that seat at the table. And he chooses to do that because of his grace. Which means that when we approach God, right, when we talk to God, or we want to pray to God, or we want to know how God feels about us. It really has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with the love that God has for Jesus. Which means this, 
If you are wrestling with doubt, or you're wrestling with uncertainty, you're not sure if God would hear your prayer, or he would care about what you're going through, the way to know with confidence that God does hear you, that God does love you, is not to look inward at yourself. It's to look at Jesus and say, if God loves Jesus this much, that Jesus is willing to share his seat at the table with me, then I can come to him with whatever I'm going through. I have have the right to be a child of God because of who Jesus is. And so we can approach God with confidence, not with uncertainty, wondering if he, he cares about us or loves us, but because of Jesus, we can approach God as our Father because Jesus shares his seat at the table with us. And so if you're here, you're listening to this, and, and, and you are unsure whether you would fit at God's table, whether you would ever be invited. You think, I've got too much going on. I've got too much in the background that, that I don't want people to see. I want you to know that the basis for belonging in Jesus, in God's family, is not you. It's Jesus. And if you believe, if you receive who Jesus is, your seat at God's table is secure because it's based on grace. And what Christmas is about, what God is doing is he's sending his precious son to you to invite you to join him there. So my prayer is that whatever doubts you might have, whatever uncertainty you might have, that you would see that Jesus is this greatest offer to find a place to belong at God's table. And all it takes is believing in him. And if you are listening to this and you have found your seat at that table, you would say, I've believed in Jesus. I've received who Jesus is. Be encouraged by the fact that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what your doubts are, no matter what your uncertainties are, God's love for you is never in question. Because God's love for you has been secured by Jesus. And so because Jesus has this honored place at God's table, he shares that place with us. And so as long as God the Father loves Jesus, his son, which he has done since eternity past, then God loves you. And you have the right to be called a child of God, which means that you can approach him with confidence. You can approach him in your fears and your doubts and your uncertainties because nothing will ever get you kicked out of God's table because he has invited you into his family by grace through the love that he has for Jesus, his son. So may you know the confidence that comes from being called a child of God, from being welcomed to God's table based on the love and the grace of Jesus, this one who comes to us at Christmas. Let me pray for us. God, our Father, you have loved Jesus since before the beginning of time. He has been your, your treasured one, and this one who, who is the exact nature of you. And yet you choose to send him to us. You, you send your precious son to us to find us in our loneliness, to find us in our isolation, and to invite us to join you at your family table. So God, in this time of distancing, this time where we're apart, where we, we didn't get to experience the family table of Thanksgiving or, or even thinking about the holidays coming up and where we might find that place to belong, would you, through your Spirit, remind us that we always have a seat at your table, 
that we have the right to be called your child because of who Jesus is. That through Jesus, we have a family based not on our performance, not on our ability to be good, but based on the love that you have for Jesus. Would you allow that truth to, to hold deeply in our hearts as we are in this time of distance, to know that no matter what, your love for us is secure because of Jesus. We pray all this in his strong name. Amen.